Welcome to the CAMCast. The CAM Project is the take action nonprofit organization to inspire, influence, and impact kids and teens worldwide. Your CAMCast host interviews older teens, parents, mentors, and specialists, providing tips, advice, education, inspiration, and a supportive community to kid and teen entrepreneurs. Introducing owner of Actionista Live and co founder of the CAM Project, your host, Samara Beth Hurley. Thank you for joining us here at the CamCast. We are so excited to have another Clubhouse friend. I'm telling you, Clubhouse, if you're not on it, you got to get on it because I have met some of the most incredible people through the Clubhouse app. And I know it's not for Google Phone yet, but soon it will be. And it is a miracle on the amount of people that I've been blessed with in the short time that I have been on the Clubhouse app. And today, we have Charmaine Dunn, and Charmaine has a really interesting background. I'm excited for her to share, but she owns Charms Consulting Services, and she helps people with grants and scholarships as well. She's also author of Outhouse to the White House. She's a coach. She helps people with their grants and scholarships. She takes care of her dad. She's amazing. Welcome to the CAMCast, Charmaine. How are you today? I'm wonderful. And thank you so much, Samara, for having me today. I'm so excited to be here, to be a part of this amazing podcast and to share with you today. Well, I appreciate it. And thank you. So we have a couple of things in common. One is you are from Dayton, Ohio. And even though I have never lived in Ohio, my husband is from an hour outside of Dayton. So we have that. And then now you're in Virginia and I'm from Baltimore and I've lived all up and down the East Coast. So tell us a little bit about your background, because I know your upbringing and your background has led you to where you are today. Yes, absolutely. I tell you, I've had an amazing background. I grew up in Ohio by way of Alabama. I always say, I say these three things. I was raised in Ohio. I was reared from Alabama. And I now live in Virginia where it taught me many lessons. So that's my background in terms of where I'm from. But I have worked for over 32 years for the federal government. 20 of those years, I worked for the Department of Defense in various capacities. But more importantly, I'm a mom, a grandmother to a kid with autism who I just love desperately. I'm a mother of two children, my son, David, who is now waiting to receive a kidney. And I'm a transplant donor. I'm excited to be here. And my daughter, Monique, who has her own nonprofit. I'm just excited to be here to share my journey with you. And somehow I ended up in Virginia, which I've been here now going on 16 years. So I'm going to have to stop you there because you just mentioned so many things that I am like, maybe I should be taking notes so that I can go back. And okay, so first of all, let's before we get into the DOD and and all the exciting things that you have done, my son actually, uh, who's 17, he is on the autism spectrum and goes to a school for kids on the spectrum. So what you're saying there is near and dear to my heart. And with the CAM project and Wiska with Flava, 
we're working on developing product lines so that we can hire kids with learning challenges and disabilities, but as well as gifts. I like to say that um, we are raising X-Men and women. (laughs) We've got superheroes. Yes. Right? Absolutely. I mean, without them, I don't think we'd be on a computer right now with Zoom or having iPhones because it's that engineering mind, right? Absolutely. So you worked for the Department of Defense in DC. How does a young girl from the backwoods of Alabama get to that point? Let's start with that. Well, I'm going to share my interview process because I think it's powerful. I actually did a telephone interview with a panel with the White House Faith-Based Initiative. And I did this interview, phone interview, and one of the questions, they said, your application showed up on our desk. Now, we're not hiring anyone at this time. We're just kind of going over applications. And what we're doing is then we'll make our selections. But we've got several people that we want to interview. So I said to, at that time, the person interviewing me, I said, there's no need to interview anyone else because I'm your, I'm your girl. I'm the person. He said, well, tell me about yourself. And I began to share with him. First of all, I said, I'm a child of God. I said that my skills, my abilities, and the things that I, the lessons that I have learned, I can share with the world. And I'm here to make a difference. And he said to me, how do you plan to do that? And I shared with him, I said, you know, I don't know the answer to that exactly, but let me tell you something. I am one of the hardest working people that you will ever meet. I take no for an answer. I'm determined. And the buck stops here. And he says, well, I tell you what, Charmaine. Can you be in my office tomorrow morning? I said, I'm in Ohio. He said, oh, that would be a problem for you. I said, no, it won't. I stayed up all night long and I researched that organization. Not only did I research the organization and the initiative, I then drove over eight hours. No sleep. Wow. I drove over eight hours, showed up for that interview. And I landed that position and it was my determination. It was my, and he says, well, when can you be there? And I said, you know what? I'm already there. Didn't you see me? I'm your ghost. He just just, open your front door. I'm at your house. (laughs) Open your front door. I said, by the way, give me the address. Where do I, where do I need to be? So, so if you need a stalker, just call Charmaine. <laughs> She's your girl. That's it. That's it. That is absolutely what happened. And when I showed that's by the way, that is what we call grit and determination. And there's nothing wrong with it. Yes, absolutely. It's not creepy at all. It's great. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I showed up there dressed and fully ready. And I was able to give them not only background about the initiative, I researched each and every person. I knew which jobs, I knew the jobs they had held, I knew about their families, I knew everything that I could find out. They were so impressed with how I was able to do the research and show up and be energetic and be willing to give and share. 
And that's how I landed that. And I worked in that position for, I worked for the Bush administration and the Obama administration. So under the White House Faith-Based Initiative through the Department of Education. And I just took off from there. So were you like 15? Because I don't know when you started all of this, you've lived such a great life and you look so young. (laughs) No, no, no. I'm a grandmother. I know, but you don't look it. (laughs) I'm still in shock. (laughs) So, okay. So you, is that, did you move to DC, Virginia area at that point? At that point I moved to DC and that's even a funny story in itself. I had two weeks to start that job. I packed my whole house, my home, everything that I was taking with me. And within two weeks, I called and was able to land an apartment building place to stay. And I told that lady, she said, we have one unit left. I said, it's mine. She said, well, I haven't. (laughs) She, She said, it's mine. I said, I start a job in two weeks. You can't give it to anybody. I said, where do I need to send my deposit? She said, Well, well, we wanted to do a background. I said, honey, I said, you don't need to do any background checks. I said, I am the most. I did it for you. (laughs) She said, well, I do need to do that. And it's going to take a couple hours. So give me your information. And I was in D.C. in my own apartment, packed up a U-Haul, drove all the way, drove the U-Haul there myself. And within two weeks, I was there and on that job. If you don't want Charmaine on your team, something's seriously wrong. Girl, (laughs) you are officially part of the CAM project. You are the passion. You are the purpose. You've got the mission. You are a go-getter. You are, you encompass everything that I like, try to be with myself. But as you know, I'm actionist alive. I love take action people because I'm a take action kind of girl. I love it. I wouldn't be too surprised if you told me that the U-Haul went with you at, for those eight hour overnight drives. Were you on your own and independent at that point? Did you not have to answer to anyone and you just kind of did it? Yes, very much independent on my own and my children, all adults, my daughter's married and, and yes, so absolutely. I just, well, that kind of helps when you need to get going. (laughs) (laughs) Call the church. I won't be there on Sunday. I'm joining a new one. (laughs) Exactly. Oh my God, Charmaine. I love and appreciate you, girl. I think that it's funny because you wrote a book uh, called Outhouse to the White House. And I want you to talk a little bit about that. But one of the things that you like to discuss and teach is and consult on is street smarts versus book smarts. And I will tell you right off the bat, I am not book smarts. I'm not. And I'm married to somebody who is incredibly book smart. I have a son who's very book smart, my daughter also. But I have a learning disability and with comprehension um, being my, oh, a bit of an issue for me uh, growing up. I had learning disability services um, in college and the end of my high school career. And so I know that I may not be book smart, but, and I may not be street smart in like an inner city, you know, protect myself kind of way. I am like this tiny five foot, you know, little petite thing, but Um, I'm street smart, I think, in the sense that I know and love people and I know how to connect people and people relate to me. And I, I do tell people that I'm a chameleon in a sense where I hang out with people. I could hang out with anyone from any walk of life um, in any situation. So and with any financial, you know, whatever their, their finances are, it doesn't even matter. They're just people to me. 
I love that. Tell me a little bit about the book and what what your thought process is, or did someone convince you to write a book or did someone say one day you have to write a book? So what, how did this book come about? Well, you know how you have this baby growing inside of you and you know, there's something that you want to share. And I'm a person who journals. I'm a person who always I'm writing constantly. And several people did mention to me, you need to write a book. But then also there was something inside of me that wanted to get my story out. And I knew that the timing was right. And for me to share my story with the world. And I always say it's not about me, because if I make it about me, then it won't get done. But if I make it about the impact and the value that I'm adding to others, and how I'm able to give back and share my story. That's what's most important for me. And so I knew at that time, it was imperative that I got this story out. And and that's exactly what I did with the help, of course, of an editor and everything. Well, and that certainly resonates with me because I hope to write a book and I do write uh, and I do most of the writing and I post it. When I post it on Facebook, it's truly authentic and people see inside of my heart and my head and I write with passion. Even though I'm not the best writer in the world, people connect with what I'm saying. It can resonate with them, which is it helps other people. One thing that I'm learning with podcasting and, you know, with people who are authors or have a consulting firm or something that they can coach or mentor. It's almost like you're being selfish by not sharing that because you could be helping one or a million people with that voice. So it's very powerful that you did that. Can you tell us a little bit about what your book is about? It is about my story, but also there's things in there that would help students I'm sharing with them how not to be a statistic, how you can chart your own journey, how you can make a difference and you do matter. There's finding hidden opportunities as a chapter in the book. There's so many opportunities available to students, not only through scholarships, but through fellowships and internships and and international studies. There's also trade school available for those kids who don't necessarily, they're not college material, but yet they want to start a career, but they're not necessarily wanting to go the university route. So there's so many options available. And I talk about finding a mentor, finding a hero, finding someone that you can look up to, to support you in that journey. And that's very important. And success, it's our birthright. Having kids know that entrepreneurship is another alternative. In fact, I really, really encourage students not to just look at the university route, but I think every young person should have an entrepreneurial path where they have different options that they can choose in this journey and in this career of making money. It doesn't necessarily, in university may not be the route you choose. And that's very important for kids to know that they do have options. They do. You're right. And most people don't know what they are and that they exist. And that's the unfortunate part. And I'll tell you that totally relates to me because we didn't discover my learning disability until I was a junior in high school. And it's just my brain doesn't organized in a linear manner. So I would get all A's and B's in school, but then I would pretty much, you know, bomb any of the standardized tests. 
I would always be put in the lowest levels for math and reading. And then my mom always had to go and fight for me to get back to where I was supposed to be. And it happened every time there was a standardized exam, like the Californias or the Idaho's or whatever your state has. But once I got to University of Maryland, which is a massive school, and it was like 40,000 students at the time, and I was a psychology major at the time, I ended up switching it to public relations in the College of Journalism. But when I was in psych, I would go into these 600 student lecture halls and take an exam. And every time a pencil dropped, I was done, done for that. I was done. And I was getting like, I got one D and I'd never gotten a D in my life. So I got one D and that was it. So I took advantage of the disability service center. So I definitely want to make sure parents know that I think every university has a DSS, a disability service center. That doesn't mean that you have a true disability. It doesn't mean that you know, it just means that you either aren't a great test taker or you can't be in that environment. You need a smaller classroom, whatever it may be. So then I was just able to take the exams in the DSS service center or in high school and college, some professors let me use their office. And, you know, and it it was embarrassing. I didn't want to tell anyone. I even had a boyfriend who didn't know. I would not tell people where I was. (laughs) They noticed I was gone. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I was there. But it's not something I think the connotation these days has changed. Right. And I know you have a grand, your grandson on the autism spectrum. And my son goes to a school for kids on the spectrum and it's smaller classrooms. It's like eight to 15 kids. It's a small school and that's the environment that they grow in. And he's getting a 4.0. Like it's, you have to find the right environment. Now the school that he's at feeds into mostly community colleges and trade schools, just like you mentioned. Sometimes after two years or one year, those kids can go to a four-year college, but you know, it's, it's a different way of learning. And I can name many, many wealthy entrepreneurs who are adults who did not finish college or dropped out of college or high school. So people, that's where your street smarts versus book smarts comes in, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so important, really. The street smarts, I always tell people there's things in, in the university that I could never learn. I had to learn those things through the street smarts, through mentors, through allowing myself to get around those people who are actually doing the work and who can actually add value and share with me how that's done. Those are some of the things you cannot pick up in a classroom. You just can't. You just can't pick those things up. So it's very important to to recognize what resonates with you and what type of learner are you? You know, that's so important. Yes. Understand that about ourselves. And university, like I said, I know people who never entered a university. They are the most brilliant minds I've ever met, but they learn from the school of hard knocks. And so just by their experiences and the things that they've been through and how they've done the work, they can share on a level that you could never learn from a classroom. So it's very powerful. I think COVID's changed that for all universities and for employers. I mean, they're getting a a clean slate for those that survived this, whatever businesses survive and universities survive COVID and the repercussions that we'll probably see and live through for the next at least five to 10 years, I'd say of rebuilding and and changing just like we are with hybrid and virtual world that we're in now. I think that employers may not be looking at 
their transcripts as tightly as they used to and what university they went to and were you Ivy League or not? You know, I think there's a lot, a lot of changes that are about to happen. And I hope that the kids in these generations, was it Generation Z? Uh, I've lost track. Yes. Uh, Z. So I don't know what happens after that. Do they become double A? I don't know. I know. So Generation Z is, has a whole new opportunity. And I hope that they take it on and don't just stay home and play video games, which is unfortunately what everybody's been doing during COVID. Right. <laughs> oh my goodness. I have a question. You mentioned mentors and I have a mentor coaching program. I have multiple mentors, like a good number of mentors. And I have a, I have one like coaching program that I'm in for a 12 month program. And then with other people, with other female business owners. And then I have other coaches who are, you know, the people I just know I can get to if I have any questions or anything or, you know, to lift me up that day. You are a consultant, you are a coach, but does the coach have a coach? Yes, I have two, multiple coaches. <laughs> thing Charmaine needs to do is listen to the coaches oftentimes. <laughs> right? Listen to their instructions and follow through. I know you may not, it may not seem this way. Although I'm an extrovert, I do better. I like the way we're in a conversational piece. And I really don't like to shine my light. I'm a person that will just stay in the background and kind of like, I'm a listener, I'm a learner, I'm observing, and I'm very intuitive, extremely intuitive. So I'm on this journey of coming out, of not hiding and really coming out of my place where I'm staying in the background. So this is good for me. <laughs> this is actually, I'm totally coming out of, this is out of my comfort zone. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone who's listening, this is Charmaine Wilson Dunn's coming out party. Coming out party. <laughs> she's, going, she's going from introvert <laughs> to extrovert on the camcast. <laughs> I just want to throw that out there. You hear it here first. Yes. This is her coming out party. Obviously, you have mentors and coaches and you don't always listen to them because, you know, the shoemaker son doesn't have shoes either. So just how it is. Right. So tell me some of the things that you offer up to other your clients, but also obviously the CAM project is geared toward kids and teens. And we have teens, older teens who listen to the CAMcast, but the CAMcast kids is for the younger kids because Ava and kids are interviewing other kids, but the cast is more for adults and such. But the people are who are coming to listen to our podcast are looking for advice and tips. So tell us as a coach, and you do so many different things, and I'm hoping that you're going to help be my mentor and coach for the grants. And we'll get into that in a little bit, but grants and scholarships uh, for the CAM project and for the kids with the CAM project. I think that's probably what we were talking about initially when we met on Clubhouse, because that's a huge, I'm not going to call it a nugget or a gem because that's so Clubhouse, but it's just a huge offer, a huge thing that you could provide for us. So it would be greatly appreciated. Um, so tell us some tips. All righty. I have this guide that I'm putting together. It's, it's the set apart guide. And the things that kids need to know is what are the things that set you apart? And I came up with 11 different things and I won't go through all 11 of them today, 
but there are several things that children and adults and, and need to know. One of the things is be your authentic self. Totally be you, whatever that is, whatever it looks like, <laughs> however it's, it sounds like, just be yourself. And another thing that is to be a listener and don't listen to respond, but listen with your heart so that you can really hear. And oftentimes for me, I'm listening more to what people don't say than more than what they're saying. So that is for me. And another thing, be a servant leader. Serve, always be willing to serve for the higher good. It is so important to serve. Also to be confident, be confident in who you are, how you show up, what you bring to the table, and be open to learning, learning from others, have genuine respect for others. Don't be arrogant. Now, there's a difference between arrogance and confidence. Arrogance is a turnoff, but confidence will draw people to you. Be flexible. It is so important to be able to shift, to be able to pivot, be a critical thinker, be innovative, think outside the box. What you can contribute to the world, what are some of the things you can create and meeting the needs, meeting those needs and being able to solve problems. It is so important. So to be a person of integrity, I have to add that. That is so important. Always do the right thing. Say what you're going to say. Do what you say you're going to do. It's very important. And honesty is always the key in everything. Be honest and never compromise your values. For anyone, I don't care who it is, never, ever compromise your values and be a leader. Be that person to step out, take the initiative to stand up and say, if whatever you believe in, believe that truly and fully and stand on that, regardless of what others think or what they say, stand boldly in your truth. So those are just a few things that I think that would help not just kids, but uh, parents as well on helping build up your children's character. Those are some of the things that I think would be very helpful. That's amazing. The podcast host in me would say, you're going to have to listen to this episode again and again and again, so you can take notes on this. But I don't care about the ratings and I don't care about how many times you listen back to this podcast. What I care about is getting that information into your hands. So Charmaine, is there any way you could type something up there and we can put it onto the CAM Project website and parents can see, can be able to just print it? Absolutely. That would be amazing. Or you could put it on your website and we can link to it, however you see fit. But that is an amazing list of things. And it's so true. Um, and I think volunteering and giving back is so important mm -hmm. uh, because that's what really keeps our, our world going. It keeps humanity yes. going around and around and around, right? So what are some of the things that you do for uh, volunteering? I do the uh, blessing bags. So I create blessing bags for the homeless and I keep them in the trunk of my car. And so I give those out as I'm driving and the homeless reach in my car and I just grab a bag and hand it to them. I put Bible verses in there. 
I put socks, I put different toothbrush, toothpaste. It's just a little, a little small something to let them know that they are loved and they are appreciated. And one thing that I do every day is daily acts of kindness. And that doesn't have to be monetary. It's just if it's something as small as picking up the phone, calling another person to encourage them for that day. Going when I'm in the grocery store, helping an elderly person put the groceries in their car, just opening and shutting doors. But I think it's important for us to be vigilant about how we can make a difference every day. And it doesn't cost anything to just be kind. Those are some of the things that that I do just every day. And I'm just a giver anyway. I'm I'm a I'm by nature. I'm I'm just a giving soul. I can't help it. I get it from my mom. I get it from my dad. We're, I just come from a a family of givers. So whatever you can do, whatever that looks like for you, make it and be intentional about being kind, giving back, serving someone, and just. When we do that too, it takes the focus off of our own problems. And then we're able to look at another person because I always say someone else always has it worse than you. So it's always important for us to recognize that. You're right. The grass is always greener. Um, Always. That doesn't mean that it doesn't belittle what other people have, you know, yes. people, everyone has challenges and health issues and, you know, yeah. relationship issues, family issues. There's always so much, right? So much drama in our life. That's why dramas are so popular <laughs> on TV. And we just have to accept that things might be hard for us, mm-hmm. but, and they are worse for others, but we all have to find the people that will be there to listen and, and help and guide you and mentor you. So it doesn't mean that your problems are, if they're smaller or less or not as important, um, because I think everyone, everyone's reality is true to them, to who they are. And so I try to, I try to respect that with people because, you know, we all go through so much. I know you know that. Yeah. And I love that you do the bags that I do because I asked to keep bags in my car and we had masks in them, little bottles of water and snacks and all that stuff. And then I have a snack pack that I, it, the problem is in Arizona, it's like a hundred degrees. And so <laughs> it's really hard to keep things from, you know, melting in my car. So, yeah. so I have to be creative. I like the sock idea. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good one. And there's there's homeless everywhere and the homeless the number of homeless yes people who are homeless after covid is just going to keep increasing so i hope that we can all be there for everyone because mental health is so important and i have people that check on me and i check on other people and we just have to keep that going around and around so charmaine you and i are going to become like accountability partners yes yes absolutely i encourage <laughs> I'll keep you as an extrovert because that's me. Okay. And you you can um, help me help others. I don't accept help so easily. I, I kind of just say, oh, no, no, no. Someone else needs it. Me too. <laughs> All right. Then we'll just have to do it for each other. Yeah, exactly. So you're really helpful. Speaking of helpful, um, you're really helpful with applying for funding and helping nonprofits for scholarships 
and databases and, and working through the system when it comes to nonprofits, which is a huge ordeal in itself. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I know that I'll certainly be needing that assistance with the CAM project. Grant writing is a whole process. It's a game. It's truly a game. You got to know how to play the game. So tell us how you can help other nonprofits and how you can help teens and kids get scholarships. Absolutely. Well, uh, this is an opportunity for me to share my foundation. Just launched my foundation. It's the Wilson and Armstrong Foundation with a friend of mine, a former Harvard University financial aid director. And we have decided to partner to provide scholarships for organizations and for and for students that could really, really use the funds. And we are so excited. We are so excited about doing that. And we also offer services for grants and the nonprofit. Our team is just amazing. It's an amazing team of people working together to help for the greater good. So yeah, we're excited to be able to help you. So with the exception of financial being approved due to your financial status, what other qualifications should people be looking for or working towards or building their resume on in order to achieve receiving a scholarship, such as the ones that you are giving out with your foundation? The main things that you want to work on is, I talked about the set apart, but the main things is what I find with the parents and the students is they don't start early enough and they don't reach out to the people who can help them. And it's different for every student in every situation. There is no one all. So that requires consultation. It requires a conversation to find out what the student's needs are, where they are, and then we can deal with those individual cases one-on-one. For me to sit here and give you a blueprint and say, do this, do that, that would be different for every single situation. That's why, and we were very, very close with that parent and with that student to figure out what the exact needs are for those in that individual, because it requires extensive work. And the earlier you start, the better. Most people wait until kids are juniors and seniors in high school. That's the worst thing you can do is do that. But you want to reach out for people like myself so that we can have one-on-one consultations, find out where the students are, where you are, where your what your needs are, and then go from there. That's really good advice, actually. And for someone who has filled out scholarship applications every year since in the last 17 years, I know how tedious they are. I know they're a pain. I usually have my husband do the financials and then I do the flowy description because I write for my heart and it usually works because they can see inside what's really going on, right? Right. Behind the closed doors or eyes. So I think that's amazing advice. And I will take to that as well. Now, do you coach on applying for scholarships as well? Because it is not an easy and it's a very time consuming. We're actually working on building templates that would help parents from start to finish on what they should be working on from A to Z. So we're actually building templates now, me and my partner, we're actually working on that so that we'll be able to help students and address the needs. But like I said, every situation is different 
And I definitely require a consultation so that I can understand where you are and what your needs are. Amazing. So your website says you have 50 happy clients. Um, I'm going to challenge all our listeners to increase that number by another yes. 50. Why not? <laughs> I am certainly going to be one of them. So you can change it to 51 now. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Looking forward to it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We've been like talking and talking and I, I'm kind of looking at time and I'm thinking, OK, well, I want to make sure that we can get the last of how people can get in touch with you on board, as well as just kind of you, you mentioned a couple of what you've got your website, grantsmadesimple.com. You have a new foundation. You wrote a book. So I kind of want if you could just summarize all of it. So everybody can understand all the different ways that you can impact their lives. And I certainly could use your services in helping us with kids from the CAM project too, if you would be so kind to be part of our team of amazing people. Absolutely. I love it. And Charmaine, I'd say that Clubhouse threw you into my lap, but I'm pretty sure it was divine intervention. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. Charmaine, tell us again, names of the foundation, the companies, the services you provide. And then we will also put this in show notes. But for those who are listening to the audio, if you could clearly state each one and what each is for, that would be really helpful. Okay, so I'm Charmaine Wilson Dunn. Um, you can, and one of the ways you can reach me is at grantsmadesimple.com. And the services that we provide are scholarships and grants. And we work with parents and students, helping students, especially in the areas. I want to make note of this. The areas that we really do a lot of focus on is in the areas of STEM and FinTech, which is science, technology, engineering, and math. And then there's FinTech, finance and technology. We do a lot, a lot of help in those areas. And I, of course, I've written my book, Outhouse to the White House, and you can find that on Amazon.com. And the author, just look me up, Charmaine Wilson Dunn. And you can also email me. My email address is Charmaine at GrantsMadeSimple.com. And I'm so happy to be a part of this podcast. You have such a great smile and cheekbones. <laughs> is it an audiobook as well? Yes, it is. Yes. Who did you have do the voiceover for that? Oh, I'm sorry. Not an audio book. I'm sorry. You can download it as an ebook. Ebook. Okay. So it's currently a book in print. Yes. Um, on Amazon.com. It's called Outhouse to the White House. Yes. Which I love that name. And it's also an ebook. However, it's not an audio book yet, but it sounds important enough that we might need to make it one. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Okay, Charmaine, it was such a pleasure having you as a guest on CamCast, but I know that this is going to be lifelong friendship between you and I, and I am so excited to send people your way for your services because I know what you're doing is super important, and I have a lot of friends who have nonprofits as well, and when I'm on the East Coast, we might have to uh, clink glasses, whether it's coffee mugs or wine, yeah. and see you on the East Side, on the East Coast. Yes, absolutely. I love it. So that's Charmaine Wilson Dunn and I'm Samara Hurley. We're signing off for another episode of CamCast. And if you want to become a sponsor on the CamCast or CamCast Kids, 
please get in contact with us because we are taking sponsors for our podcast episodes. Uh, we also have websites, social media. You can find us everywhere at thecamproject.org. Thank you, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for listening. We would love to consider your kid or teen as a potential guest on CamCast Kids, hosted by the Cam Project co-founder, kidpreneur Ava Hurley and friends. Also accepting applications for parents, educators, specialists, and entrepreneurs on the CamCast. Visit thecamproject.org to apply. Remember to follow our podcasts and find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube.